KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and happy Friday. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. Uh, For the next couple of hours, Trent and I will talk sports with you at the very end of the program. It's Friday. We're going to make a couple of people very happy. We're going to give away Claxon's Barbecue. Uh, we do it each and every Friday in the final segment of the week. Uh, $25 gift certificate to the runner-up. The winner this week, as always, will get 35 bucks. Claxon's in Altoona, in business for over 20 years. Uh, terrific barbecue. Claxon's of Altoona uh, coming up at 11.45. Program today. Looking forward to it. Lots to get to. We're going to spend some time with Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Big hole for the homestanding Wild as they fall 0-2 in their series as the scene shifts back to Des Moines on Sunday afternoon with a 3 o'clock puck drop game 3. Asking the Wild to win 4 out of the next 5, it's asking a lot. Uh, But hopefully they can at least get the next one and then we'll go from there. It's Cubs cards this weekend. Brian Walton is going to slide on in here. The CardinalNation.com will get the, uh, the series underway from a Cardinal perspective. Brian Walton at 1045. Big 12 talk with Big Mundo, or with a Big Mundo, with Pete Mundo. Is he a big dude? He's not. He's skinny. <laughs> okay. Um, little Mundo. Little Mundo, but we'll do a little Big 12 talk uh, with uh, with Pete Mundo recapping uh, the spring for all of the uh, schools in the Big 12. And then Tom Kakert, the Isaiah Moss News, certainly first and foremost. And we'll get to that here coming up momentarily. Um, we got some time for my derby stuff? Absolutely. We're going to find time because... I'll get the notebook out, and i got to take some notes from you. Well, the race has completely changed from when we sat and recorded our podcast on Tuesday. The favorite is scratch what looked to be a yet another year where the favorite is going to you know, come uh, sashaying down the stretch and pay short price. I think that has completely changed. So he's out of the equation. Uh, so we'll talk about that because my picks have changed a little bit as well. I, okay. I went from being down in the dumps because I used to love this race mm-hmm. from a betting perspective. Still, I still love the race. It's the biggest horse, most famous horse race in the world. But if the favorites win, I'm throwing my tickets away because I refuse to bet on them. And that used to be a really good angle (laughs) until the last five years. And I thought we were headed for another one, but not anymore. Now it's wide open I think it is. I think it is. So we'll do some derby at about 1130 before we give away the clacks. Another scratch today, too. Yes. Yes. Uh, That changes things. Yeah, I think he was, you know what he was going to do? Heichel, I believe, was his name. He was just going to get in somebody's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really thought that. But everybody gets to move off the rail. Well, that's the key. Because in you, I like the one horse. I do, too. And I okay, didn't. Yes. I did not. Let's go. I think he's very live. Very live. So we'll do that at about 11.30. Yeah, we might have some prices. Yes. So oh. you're reinvigorated. You, you got, you're back to the derby. You're excited yeah, about it again. You got to go to the ballpark yesterday. Folks, so right as we go off the air, the first pitch twelve oh eight. You know we get we're sitting and we're talking. Uh, Scott Casper was there. We said hi to him, and yep. all of a sudden, first bat of the game, San Antonio hits a bomb, and Ken goes sprinting out. I where thought we're he was doing. coming right to us. Yeah, he goes sprinting out over the, the roof. Seats. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it, it was fun. You are you're reinvigorated, and and I've had people say that being. Back here at KXNO. There's no question about that. I like the hop and the step, Ken Miller. Yeah, no question about that. Very fortunate, and I know how lucky I am to be back here. Trust me. And I know how lucky, not lucky, because these two guys deserve it. And I want to start <laughs> there uh, with the news this morning that Sean Roberts and Emery Songer 
And I've done a couple of podcasts with Emery. I know he's going to be a terrific talk show host. Uh, Sean Roberts plays a huge role uh, in the morning rush. I've never met him, uh, but I'm really excited for them, Trent. I really am. These guys are, what, mid-20s, I would say, for both of them. I'm just guessing. But yeah, right in that range. I think Emery's 27, 28. Yeah, and Sean, I'm guessing, is about the in, yep. in that uh, range as well. And they're going to be on the airwaves here on Saturday mornings from 8 until 10. And it's a great place for them to start. And, and look. You need a bench in this business. Mm-hmm. You just do. Things change. And now we've got a couple of young guys that are going to, um, you know, not that they're not ready, but get an opportunity to do this on a weekly basis. And then someday, maybe sooner rather than later, that'll morph into a daily basis. But you have to have a bench. And now we're developing it. The wrestling show, I believe, is going to move to Sunday mornings. I don't know that. And I hope I'm not talking out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Takedown was there for a number of years. But I believe they're now moving to Sunday. I'm uncertain of their time slot. Uh, but local programming is good and local sports programming is good. Look, the boys are going to find what we find, right? It's May, June, July. Is, mm. Yeah. But once they get to football, are you kidding me? Saturday's doing their show on Saturday morning in advance of a clone or a hawk game? My God. That's huge. It is. And when we get through this period, and it is a slow time in Des Moines, yeah. in our market, this is the slow time. There's things to talk about. We got Isaiah Moss. There's always going to yeah. be. News to talk about. Seemingly always is. But that is the time, and it's a time for them to craft their show and get ready mm-hmm. and leading into football season. But here's one thing. We're throwing them into the deep end of the pool by starting <laughs> them in May. There's <laughs> right. no doubt about that. Yeah, if, if we said, all right, September 1, you guys get going. Right, it's, auto, it's autopilot by the time they're doing their third week. But this also has them time to develop some different yes. things that they want to do, right. try some different things, and like you said, get your voice. You know, you need reps in this business. Mm-hmm. People think it's as easy as flipping on a microphone and talking about sports. Come on in and give it a try. There's a lot more to it than just that. So finding your voice, finding the direction that you want to go. And a couple of White Sox fans. No, two, I knew Sean Roberts was. Sonder is too? Yes, two of the that. five here in Des Moines. Well, look, at they do get shortchanged. Yes, they do. Yes, I, they I do. mean, I certainly speak for us. I mean, yeah. I don't know about the others, but I'm certain. Well, I don't know that. Um, <laughs> it's hard to talk White Sox. Well, they're playing well. Five of six. Yeah, and another walk-off yesterday, right? right. Uh, by the way, Ozzie Gian, I guess him and Roberts have some kind of relationship. I don't know. Did you see the video? No. Ozzie Gian congratulating Sean Roberts on getting his morning show in Des Moines. Wow. A video. This is an actual video of Ozzie Gian's congratulations, Sean. You'll do well in Des Moines. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. You can find it on Sean's Twitter feed. But good for them. Yes. Excited for them. Um, have a lot, great deal of respect for anybody who gives this a try and um, been fortunate enough to do it a long time. And look, one of these, look, they may be coming for my chair. I don't know. I'm the oldest on the, on the team. Can't be here forever. You, One of these guys may be your partner one day, Trent Conner. Very well could be. Absolutely. Hope it's not for five or six years, but you never know. The other media news that we didn't talk about yesterday, and we should have because he's a regular guest of ours, and he's a guy that I've talked to. Uh, since I think around 2000, Dyer and I found David Kaplan in Chicago, and he's been a staple on any program I've been associated with essentially since that time. And I'm very grateful that he's willing to carve out space for, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. And he, you can tell he's being absolutely sincere at the end of the segment when he, you know, wishes us a great week. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. It's one of the highlights. I believe he means that. Mm hmm. I really do. He is as genuine a person as you're ever going to find. Um, and Cappy 
has signed a long-term agreement with NBC Sports Chicago, who is losing the Cubs at the end of this season to the Cubs Television Network. They're calling it the Marquee. Marquee, yeah, the Marquee, Marquee not, Network. That's not a. I don't like the. Name. I didn't either. Yeah. I think they. I mean, the, if that's the best that who uh, that their ad, whoever came up with that one for them, you maybe need to do a little more digging and maybe find somebody else. I don't like that. Anyways, my opinion doesn't matter on that. But Cappy. Cubs, man, that's his team. We figured it was as as good as done. Yes, that he was going to be the face. There and was, we said it to him a couple of yes. times, and he never, never even hinted. You guys are going down the wrong path. No, not at all. So NBC Sports Chicago made in an offer that he couldn't refuse. I guess. Well, like he loves doing the the daily, the Monday through Friday. What time is he on? Six or five thirty? Maybe it fluctuates mm-hmm. a little bit. I think it does. Yeah, it's kind of like the sports reporters. Chicago style, you know, and it's obviously been brought up to 2019. Did you ever watch those shows? The old one with the, yes. the smoke billowing Chet through? Chet Kopic was on yeah. in Chicago, and Dark Star, and Sid Hartman, and Max, Max somebody in the Twin Cities. Do you remember that? Did you get that? When I moved no. here in 89, and we had, I think at the time, it was Heritage Cable, which that- is now Mediacom as we know it today. Um I got a show in Minneapolis, sports reporters, Cigar Field, Pat Royce was part of it. Dark Star was Sounds part like of it. Sounds like an angry group there. What's Max's name? You know Max. Max. Max something. Yes. I can't think of it, though. All right. So and, and But in Chicago, there was a, a similar show. I knew the Chicago one. Didn't the Minneapolis one, though, I never saw. Yeah, no, I saw that one for sure. I know I'm not making that up. But um, but that's what he does on a uh, – what Jordan Burnfield sits in on it. David Haas sits in on it. Some of the Chicago media come together with Cap on a daily basis. And I know that was important to him. And apparently so were the relationships that he developed there. You know, that um, – and they're losing the pre and the post for the Cubbies. Yes. What kind of access will Cappy get? You know, going forward, I'm, I'm, they're not going to snub them, I wouldn't think. But look, NBC Sports Chicago is Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox. Mm-hmm. So you would have to, I would think, devote more time to those three. And the Cubs are kind of, you, know, you got their own gig now. Right. Right? So, But I it's still what, what's going to drive Oh, that's the needle mover in Chicago. Yes. Am I wrong here? Or is it, uh, Bears are huge. Bears are still Bears first. are huge. Right? Yes, the Bears are still first. I mean, people will still tell you that... I've been there forever mm-hmm. that the Bears still drive that market. Even the Bears are terrible, it is still number one. But mm-hmm. the Cubs certainly have closed that gap yeah, in a have. big, big way. Yep. The World Series run, everything else that's gone along well, with the it. the playoffs. How many years in the world yeah. they made the playoffs? Five? That is That has changed the conversation, but people still say it's still uh-huh. a Bears town. Yeah, I think Cappy would say that to yeah. us. So uh, David Kaplan make him some news, and obviously some uh, some big news locally here. Saturday mornings from eight until ten. Henry Songer and Sean Roberts beginning a week from tomorrow. So they don't start tomorrow. They've got a week uh, a week from tomorrow till so they get things underway, and uh, we'll be there every Saturday going forward for a couple of hours. Good for them. All right, Trent. Let's move on. Let's get into sports. Cubs were off last night. Uh, Cubs cards begin a three game set today. Looking forward to that. I can't wait for the afternoon. Selfishly, I've got Cubs cards on my television, mm-hmm. my racing form in my lap, uh, handicapping the entire Derby card. It's going to be a wonderful Friday. Um, Oaks this afternoon. Yeah, you, flip you know, over. I never really get involved in that. I've noticed that. Yeah, I, I save all my bullets for Derby Day. Yeah. I'd hate to be. And it's not just the big race at the no, Derby. No, it's the whole card. Yeah. It starts at 9.30 in the morning tomorrow, our time. Wow. It does. And, and if, folks, look at 
I know it's not it's not a big topic on the radio, but here's what it is. It's a bucket list for a lot of people. It really is. You gotta get to the Derby. You wanna get to Vegas for the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. You have to do that. You have to do the Derby once. And you're gonna have fun, but you're gonna be the most inconvenienced you've ever been in your life. And if you're in the infield, you're probably gonna be drenched. Uh, but it's something you gotta do. You might not even see the race. Um, you know, everybody I've spoken with that has had that on a bucket list, that has scratched that off, they're glad that they did. Glad that they did. You haven't been yet, have you? Haven't wanted, yeah, it's certainly on that list. And maybe getting towards the top of the list now, I would say it's even bigger. Well, event you, for me. Than you the, did your Bowl. final four, so that's yes. that's that was number uno, and uh, that's gone. That that was. I think it's higher than a Super Bowl for me. I don't know a Super Bowl. Just I think I'd like to go there and yeah. do Radio Row. Yeah, at one time right, do right. Radio Row, but mm-hmm. the actual being at the game. I've been to three, Trent, and I get where you're coming from. The uh, the the first one was, oh my god. Type of stuff. Yeah, I can't. I had a feeling walking into the Superdome for Patriots. Packers, right? Yeah, Desmond Howard, uh, MVP. Was he the MVP of that game? Thirty yeah, Super Bowl yeah. thirty-one. Yes, he was. Uh, I've, I've never had that feeling walking into a sporting venue that I had for the very first Super Bowl I got to, and I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple, including uh, the Broncos and Super Bowl fifty. But I get where you're coming from. I enjoy watching it at home too, mm-hmm. because you see the play, and then you got to see. You know, the, you, you can't rewind it. You can't see the commercials, and that's a that's Part and parcel of Super Bowl Sunday. The so. commercials, the, I'm sure the halftime show just isn't the same. It was... It's know, just different. Yeah, I'll say this. The Bruce Springsteen, who I... You know, if he was playing in my backyard, I probably would have closed the blinds. I, I was never as, as a, a As an older white dude... Yeah, I know, right? I mean, that's almost sacrilegious. I know. And I just was never in, uh, never into it. I thought born in the USA and this going to... And I'm sorry. If, because <laughs> it wasn't for you. No, I thought, it, wow, what about a, how was this song this popular? Even if he would have been born in Canada, I would have felt the same way. <laughs> um, but he was really good. Yeah. That was that was my takeaway. And the other two, I don't know, James Brown and, like I said, we struggled to remember who I saw in Super Bowl 50, but I saw my team win a Super Bowl. That's Anyways, good. That's good. Yeah, good but I'm, I, I get where you're going as far as. But, yeah, the Kentucky Derby's up there. Mm-hmm. I still want to get to Indianapolis to a 500 sometime. Yep. Maybe that's more. My grandpa went. My dad used to go every once in a while. So I think that's kind of playing it. I wonder if bucket lists. If we were to ask people's, I bet that's changed over. Oh, what yeah. might have been a what might have been in a an item on it a list. I'm not sure. It probably is or is as high as it once was on most people. Maybe I'm wrong. Masters, no desire, no desire at all for you. See, I want to go to that. That's number one now for me. Is would the you rather go to Augusta or to the Masters? To the Masters. Okay. Not Masters Sunday, but to the Masters uh-huh. Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Okay. I enter the lottery every year. Mm-hmm. I come up short mm-hmm. every year. <laughs> but maybe someday I'll get my number called and be able to do it. That I think, yeah, I have to put that number one. Just seeing the course, hearing people talk about it. I, I was listening. Tony Kornheiser was talking about it and uh, just a couple weeks ago right afterwards. And, and just when you hear those stories about what that place is, how different it is when you get inside – it's. I'd love to see it, Trent, but yeah. I don't need to see it during the tournament. So if you, you would rather go watch the tournament at home, go on a someday in May. Yes, yeah, yes, just to see the course, right? But yeah, I just think you miss too much on a golf tournament. You, yeah. You're stuck at one hole unless you want to r- walk around and follow, and then you're, you know, by the time you're following groups, you're three or four deep because those people that have been mm-hmm. sitting on that hole the entire time, they've got the primo seats <laughs> or viewing spots. So, anyways, um, last night in the NBA. We've been talking about Joel Embiid a lot. Yes. 
And Joel Embiid backed up the reason why we were talking about him last night. He was unstoppable. Trent, if this guy is ever healthy, if, mm-hmm. if, big if, he's a dominant player and one of the most dominant players in the league, in my opinion, and will be for some time, health permitting. The decision to go and Siakam, who can score in a big way. Yeah, I don't... And to throw mm-hmm. Embiid at him. I mean, Siakam didn't look like he knew what no, to do. didn't. This is a talented scorer. Yeah. He looked like he didn't have a clue out there. He wasn't alone. Uh, Lowry was awful. Yes. Lowry was awful. He's had a couple of those Mm -hmm. now in the playoffs. He's had a couple of stinkers here. Are we ready to say that Philly is going to win this series? I think it's Philly Philly Celtics. You know, turn the clock back to the 80s, which would be fine by me. All right. uh, Before we get out of this thing, we have to talk about Isaiah Moss. It was huge news Mm -hmm. yesterday. If it had been... And I'm not trying to say that I saw this coming. I didn't. But you've, you, periodically throughout the month of April, there was always that tweet mm-hmm. that I'm hearing. You know, and you don't back message board stuff for the most part, right? Right. Uh, but it seemingly never went away. And then yesterday, the news breaks that Isaiah Moss is uh, is going to put his name in the transfer portal, and he's going to play his final year uh, somewhere else. I don't get the oh, we'll be fine. That that is seemingly the majority of Hawkeye fans out. We'll be good. Yeah, it's okay, but yeah, he's not that good. We'll be fine. I'm not sure, Trent. There was games that you and I. There was there was days after games mm-hmm. that we came in here a lot talking about the role that Isaiah Moss had in last night's game. I, we did that a lot. He, I mean, the Iowa State game, Trent. How many yeah. points he scored? Twenty what? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. He. He improved as more than just a shooter too. That's what we saw his first couple of years. A guy that could fill it up. When he got hot, he could get really hot, but he never added anything else. This year, started playing better defensively. Still not great, yeah. but a better on-the-ball defender. And you haven't hit the salient point yet, and I know you're getting to it. He was a facilitator a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. He could actually find open guys when the double team was coming, when he was mm-hmm. getting hot. He did a lot better job of that. But most important, and this goes hand-in-hand with the other guy that won't be with this team you're next year. 100% right. Tyler Cook. Those two guys were the only guys on this team that consistently... Yep. Could beat their guy off the dribble. Yep. Now, Moss didn't do it nearly as much as I would have liked to see him. But he still did it. it this is the same conversation. Oh, Iowa should be better without Tyler Cook because he turned it over a lot. Or yeah. he, he looked at the things he couldn't do. Well, when they got late, late in the shot clock, what did they do? They gave it to Cook and mm-hmm. said, go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have anybody else that could do that. And if they did, it was Moss that could do it every once in a while. Now a team with Bohannon, that's not his game. Mm-mm. C.J. Frederick, we have no idea. Yeah, I, I see that a lot, and I don't know anything about him. I mean, you welcome in Jack Nungy, who I is, like, by the way. He can shoot it. Do you remember when he's thick? He's thick. Do you remember there were there were uh, many of our programs last year, I mean, two years ago, we had various opinions throughout the season. Well, I think Nungy's better than Garza. No, yeah. no, no. Garza's better. Well, did you see last night? You know, we went back and forth sure. on that. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, he, he was a guy that... Again, consistency wasn't there during his freshman year, but his game is not beating people off the dribble. Right. Cordell Pencil is not off no. the bounce and getting to the rim. No. That's Love not... his presence that he brings. Who's doing right. that? So there, there's seven left on the shot clock. Who are you going to? Well, you're hoping Bohannon can find a way to get some space. Weiss Camp, and that's about it. Yeah. This is a concern. You can't go into a season with one guy that can go off the bounce. And that's really what they have the loss of Moss, the loss of. Is really going mm-hmm. to hurt in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And she daily left eligibility on the table. I yeah. mean, he's not great. No, but... no, not at all. I, I mean, mean, you miss Moss way more than you miss Daly. Here's the other part that 
I've uh, and I still think they're going to be good. By the way, I, I'm not killing the uh, the 1920 Hawkeye basketball pro. I still think they're going to be good. They should be offensively, really mm-hmm. good. We'll see about the rest. The thing that I wonder about is I've seen a lot of well, this is great. Bohannon could be the two guard. People have been clamoring for this for three years, and maybe now they'll get it. Joe Tucson will come in, the incoming freshman point guard, New York City kid, and he'll take over as the point guard. A, it's a freshman point guard, mm-hmm. and unless in the Big Ten, unless you're I don't know, one of the kids from Minneapolis at Duke. <laughs> yeah, okay. Freshman yeah. point guards right. don't normally play well and especially play well in a power conference. Yeah. But not only that, Joe Tucson is seemingly becoming this unicorn. Here it is, this tough, hard-nosed kid from New York that's going to come in and be that guy that can go off the bounce and that guy that can be a defensive stopper and do those things. Joe Tucson is not a top 150 player. I mean, I would beat out decent programs for him. Who, do you remember? Uh, UNLV was involved there late. Uh, I think he had a Wichita State offer. But Northeast schools like, say, Bonaventure, those are the kind of schools that Mm. we're talking about. This is a top 200 player. You're expecting a top 200 player to come in and run the team for a team that most people expect to be an NCAA tournament team? I think people need to slow down here. Joe Tucson is not the savior. I didn't know that about him. I did not know that about him, Trent. They didn't didn't beat Michigan State and Wisconsin for this guy. right. They beat some mid majors just for with the hype alone around him. I thought that they would have had a more impressive offer list than you just relayed to us. He's not a big time prospect. Mm-hmm. You know, I equate him much to Anthony Clemens. Anthony okay. Clemens turned out to be a yeah. really good yeah. player at the end, right? But he really struggled his freshman year. He turned it over a ton. He's not a big guy. He's five eleven. Might be fast. Remember the last five eleven point guard that they brought in, Trey Dickerson. Mm. Didn't work out very well. Mm-mm. And to expect him to be able to come in and run this show, and this will be great, and Bohannon can play the two, I just don't think it's realistic. I think people are going way too far here in their expectations for Joe Tucson. The Isaiah Moss loss hurts. The Tyler Cook loss hurts. I still think this team's a tournament team. I do too. But not the upside that I think a lot of people maybe felt right after the season. Mm. We will see. What can you, I mean, I'll, we'll ask Tom this because I think we've asked him. To, um, Frederick's a Kentucky kid? Yes, yeah. He was Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. No, there has been a lot of good things about him. And this isn't just Fran hype. As we know, Fran can be uh, a lot of times hype his guys up, I, I think, a little too much. But I've heard some rumblings of some good things. If, if he can be even a guy that in a pinch can handle the ball a little bit, but be a two-guard, knock down shots. We, we heard Josh Oglesby was a great practice shooter. Mm-hmm. It didn't translate. Yeah, no, it didn't. It, it didn't translate to the games. You hope that this is something that can translate. And if you get a guy that gives you 12, 14 minutes a game and is hitting 42% threes like Moss, you can get by. Because Wieskamp is going to have a much bigger role next year. He, there's going to be a lot more on his plate. You expect a final step out of Bohannon and his ascension. And the other guys that we mentioned it can get there. But to think this isn't a loss, I think, is silly from some of the people out there. I'm with you 100%. Hockey talk next. Iowa Wild down 2-zip in their series against the Chicago Wolves. They come back uh, on Sunday for game number three. Game three is a 3 o'clock puck drop, Wells Fargo Arena. Right now, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword WATER to 200-200 right now. Enter to win $1,000 cash. That's WATER to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. In-depth X's and O's analysis. It's Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO.
right, welcome back. Miller and Condi, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, the Iowa Wild. Find themselves in a 2-0 hole as they get set to host game three on uh, Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock puck drop. Got to win four out of the next four. They got to win the next one uh, is they don't want to fall down three zip. Joe O'Donnell back from what has to be, is it the longest roadie of the year, Joe O'Donnell? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about that with the staff and the players. I, it's got to be close. I mean, I think we might have had an eight or ten day trip during the regular season, but you know, we left Tuesday night after Game Two against Milwaukee on April the twenty third, <laughs> and to basically get back at four in the morning on you know Friday, May third, it's a heck of a trip, and to play five games in that span on the road. Uh, it's pretty difficult. And well, here's the here's the uh, silver lining in all of this, Joe Donald. As you well know, you're playing hockey. The Iowa Wild are playing hockey in the month of May. How about that? Yep, it's awesome. And uh, I've said on Twitter before, and, and during the broadcast, it has not gone unnoticed uh, just how much buzz there is, just how much this means to the organization and the fan base, and uh, the great coverage we've gotten from. People like yourselves on KX and O and the rest of the programs on our flagship home, like it's it's been awesome. And uh, I've forgotten a little bit about what it, you know what it kind of felt like since uh, the last time I was able to call playoff games was 2013 in Houston. Um, but uh, it's it's everything that it was then and more. And it's just for these players, it's such a great experience to learn in in those tough environments. And that's what management wants at the NHL level. They want guys to learn how to win or to be in these pressure pack games here. So when they go to the Stanley Cup playoffs someday, uh, they know what it's like. Two tough losses, Joe. Two games that yeah, really were with a, a bounce here or there. Certainly could have gone the other way. Take us in those two games, and is there one thing that you can point to? Maybe a reason they couldn't find a way to steal one of those games in Chicago. I think game one was just they they couldn't buy one in overtime. I mean, you know, sometimes you get a. I don't want to say a pulse of a team, but you just look at things logically from a sports perspective. The Wild were on short rest going into game one. They knew if they could steal it, you know, it's going to be a long series and they have a great chance to win the series. They didn't have a strong third period um, on Tuesday or on Wednesday night, but they came out overtime and outshot the Wolves 10-7. You could see they were pushing. They wanted to win that game badly. They didn't get a bounce. Ends up in the back of their net late in the first overtime, so you go down one game to none. You know that coming back the next night, last night, is going to be uh, damn near impossible given how low they are on fumes right now. Mm-hmm. having played two overtime games already this playoff year. And, um, you know, they battled. They would get, fell down 2 nothing less than five minutes in, came back to tie it, and the Wolves retake the lead. They could easily quit. You know, they stay close in that hockey game. They get a late second period goal to make it 4-3. They're right in it. And in the third period, the Wild were the better team. That last two-minute stretch of regulation, Wild had three good looks at the net. The Wolves, you got to give them credit. They blocked every one of those shots. I mean, nothing got through to Oscar Dance, but it was a valiant effort. The team left it all out there. Two one-goal losses. I expect uh, the Wild to come out, though. Honestly, I think they win game three. They've been good at home all year long. The crowd will be behind them. And the games have been so close, it's just been a bounce or two. I know the Wild, you know, they, they care a lot about this season. They think they have a special group. I expect them to really respond Sunday at Wells Fargo Arena. Hmm. How about uh, yesterday, Joe? Game two, uh, it's 4-3 after two. No scoring uh, in the final stanza. Were there opportunities for the Wild to, to tie it up? Yeah, Oscar Dansk has been good in net for Chicago. Maybe not early in games, but really late in game one. 
And then last night, late in game two, he just seems he's controlling pucks better. Uh, he made a great save on Mitch McLean, a rebound at the bottom of the left circle with maybe, I don't know, half the period left last night. Um, Ryan Donato had a chance. He had his arms in the air, and Kenny, mm. you know, players don't do that often right. unless they think they've buried it. I mean, it just stayed above the goal line. And then there was that final push with Hammond at the bench for the extra skater. And again, tons of zone time. Chicago was dead tired. Uh, there were some of those puck battles and some of those shot blocks, though, that Chicago was able to to just outduel the Wild on, and that turned out to be the difference. So Sunday, uh, give us a few details. Four o'clock start for this one. I thought it was three. Is it four? Is three or four, Joe? Three o'clock. That's three o'clock. Three o'clock. So uh, uh, the, the the league announced Eastern time zones for all uh, that. You they got me. That trend. They, they threw they threw me for a loop two to start. They get they got me there. Uh, so afternoon uh, puck drop there, and, and I'm sure anticipating good crowd here. One that it's not a must win or not facing elimination, but for all intents and purposes, is a must win to win this series. Yep, I agree. And, um, you know, we're going to have some great drink specials to sort of celebrate Cinco de Mayo. There'll be a live tailgate on the south patio. Weather permitting, there is a backup plan should the weather not hold up. Uh, so you have some live music and uh, a tailgate there going on before the game. I think that starts at like 12.30 or 1 o'clock. Um, and then you've got uh, two-for-one Corona Tall Boys, $10 margaritas through the end of the first period. So a lot of drink specials, rally towel giveaway. Uh, we're expecting a great crowd at Wells Fargo Arena, so don't wait on getting tickets. No, and that's uh, that's just it, Joe, because, look, you guys have played in Milwaukee, and what I don't think they cracked 3,000. I saw the attendance last no. night, didn't get over 3,000. Uh, the home no. uh, the home uh, standing crowd can really get behind this team and give them that lift. I, I truly believe in that. I do. I do, too. I talked to Mike Lambus about it after the game last night, and he said you know, they're pumped to get back home because the crowd's been great, and they feed off of it. Um, and, you know, talking with guys during this playoff series and just, you know, even if the crowd wasn't at 5,000 strong in round one, it felt like more than that because of how engaged the fans were. So, uh, you know, bring your, bring your rally towels when, when, or when you get them going through the door, make sure you're waving them, make sure you're booing the opponent, make sure you're into the game because <laughs> yep. the players, I'm telling you, they, they feed off of it. No doubt about it. Uh, how was Hammond, Joe? Last thing for you. How was Hammond in game two? He was good. The first goal was probably one he'd like to have back. It was a slap shot that bounced off his glove and landed right on the on the tape of Brooks Masick of the Wolves, really his second tap into the series. Um, but just like we expect from Andrew Hammond, even though the team got down 2 nothing less than five minutes in, he stabilized. He made a big breakaway save on Thomas Hika, um, and he was really the other two goals he gave up uh, were shots that were basically clean looks from the slot. Those are grade-A chances, and uh, they were well-placed shots by Chicago. So Hammond's been good. Yeah, I got to give him credit too. The, uh, the Wild kept fighting back. You mentioned that two nothing, then it's two two, three two, three three, four three, and couldn't uh, find, uh, couldn't solve uh, Dansk in the final twenty minutes. Joe, great stuff. Thanks for getting up early with us. You got to be on fumes yourself, my friend. Uh, three o'clock puck drop, game three Sunday afternoon, Wells Fargo Arena. Thanks, Joe O'Donnell. Appreciate it. All right, thanks guys. See ya. Yep, good to talk to you. Game three, Joe O'Donnell and the Iowa Wild. Uh, if you can't be at the uh, in the building, you can hear Joe on fourteen sixty KXNO on Sunday afternoon. Should be good. Get I back in so. the home building. Yep. Boy, that's got to be tough. I mean, two games that were there.
could Especially have, game one, Trent. Yes. Had to get game one. That overtime and now 0-2 deficit, but finally getting home. Mm-hmm. Guys got to be excited about that. No, no doubt. They're on fumes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the Cubs and the Cards, they begin a three-game set. The rivalry, the 2019 rendition of it will begin at Wrigley Field. Brian Walton will have the Cardinal perspective when Trent and I continue. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Number one podcaster. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. In 2019, Yachty Bryant. <laughs> little in here today? I wonder. I wonder. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com joins us. Brian, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Brian, how about that? little chirpin'? We heard it in, uh, when was it? January? Right. Look, it was, it was wonderful that we injected baseball conversation into uh, college basketball and NFL playoffs, so we're grateful for that. But was that a winter topic? Will anything be made of it today, Brian? I think these guys are professionals. I mean, Brian was a joking comment made at a fan festival, and it got amplified, and Cardinals guys got their nose out of joint. I mean, Molina called, I think he went as far as calling Bryant stupid. (laughs) So, you know, but I mean... That's all talk. That's blabbing. These guys are going to come into this series, and they're going to want to establish dominance. I mean, we talked about the screwy schedule in the National League, but it's sort of created this fact that they've had a month to kind of get their feet on the ground. They're both playing well, and this is going to feel like October baseball in May. I mean, what an ideal situation. I'm with you. And and to that end, Brian, I'm kind of glad that we haven't seen these two teams go at it in the month of April. We kind of have an idea now what each of these teams are. And, you know, the Cubs are looking up at the Cardinals right now. This is going to be a fun series. I, I, I don't think you're... You know, you calling it October baseball in May is that much over the top. It's going to be it's meaningful for both teams. You know, and, and this April schedule was so weird. The Cubs were off to a bad start. But if you look at what, the, you know, they had to play on the, the first nine games on the road. They've only played like six games in the division all year. They played more games against the American League than they played in their <laughs> own division. And, you know, something like 18 of their 28 games have been on the road. So, you know, the Cubs were off to a slow start, but now they've turned it around. They're playing well, and the Cardinals have really played well once they sort of got Milwaukee and Kristen Yelich out of their hair. Yeah, and Yelich uh, going down and has been a little banged up here the last week. That has certainly been a help. Well, this team top to bottom has played incredibly well. The pieces really seem to be fitting together. The big splash of the offseason, bringing in Paul Goldschmidt, bringing in a veteran, that kind of guy that obviously has the all-star credentials. What do you think that meant to the squad as a whole? I think it meant a lot in the division. I mean, if you remember the comments that occurred at the time, you know, the, the Cubs had sort of maxed out on payroll. They weren't really able to add much. Uh, but while the Cardinals went out and got, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball, and by the way, a guy that has just murdered the Cubs over his career. Yes. I mean, 14 home runs, 39 RBI in 43 games, 1170 OPS. 
So, you know, folks saw this as, yeah, the, the Cubs have been better than the Cardinals for the last three years, but the Cardinals just had a difference maker in the middle of their lineup. And if you look at the guys around him, the, you know, the, the guys in the rest of the Cardinals lineup are hitting better as well. Paul DeYoung, uh, really, you know, mm-hmm. really coming on well. And then Marcelo Zuna, 10 home runs, 29 RBI. So, the Cardinals really have their offense rolling now, and these games should be pretty even. You know, I'm glad you mentioned DeYoung because, to me, he's the – and maybe maybe you won't agree with me. Maybe you'll say, you know what, they expected this from him. But is he – he's a surprise, right, that he's off to the start that he is. He's been a good glove man. I didn't know he had the bat that he's shown so far this year. Is he the biggest surprise on this team? Well, he's been the most consistent player on the team. Uh, interestingly enough, and I think the big change for him, he had a hand injury last year, and it seemed to slow him down a little bit, but the big thing for Paul DeYoung is he cut down on the strikeouts. He had the power from the very beginning, but he was striking out at such a high rate, and he's gotten that under control now, and he's really settled in as that number three hitter for the Cardinals behind uh, Goldschmidt and ahead of of Ozuna. And by the way, that also helps give him some pitches to hit, as you can imagine. Matt Carpenter a year ago, really small, uh, slow start and then came on like gangbusters and put up just a ridiculous season. Slow start again this year. Anything to be concerned about, or is that just kind of this point in his career? Maybe he's going to get off to a slow start, but by the time it gets real hot, he's going to be real good. You know, that's a good question. Obviously, we can't see the future, but you look at his past behavior and you say he's done it before, he'll probably do it again. And Cardinals had enough confidence, interestingly enough, you know, they gave him a three-year contract extension, which for a guy in his early 30s was a little bit surprising. But, you know, Carpenter's been very consistent over the years, but the peaks and valleys have gotten greater more recently, and that's a a bit of a concern. Uh, Dexter Fowler, to me, was one of the question marks on this team, Brian. I think we brought him up when we, you know, we, when we talked early in the year. He's off to a pretty good start. He only got one home run, but boy, he crushed the one that he did get. I want to say it was against Milwaukee a couple of weeks ago. Uh, are they pleased with Dexter Fowler? Do they think that he's figured out, um, you know, a way to, to remain uh, the guy that they gave all that money to? Because he hasn't lived up to the contract, but so far so good, I would have to say, in 2019. Oh, yeah. After last year was such a dreadful disappointment in every way, Fowler, you know, Fowler's batting over 300. He's got an on-base percentage over 400. Not showing too much power, but he's getting on base, and he's contributing. And, you know, he's the right fielder, although Jose Martinez, who who was on the bench to start the year, got to play more and more and more, especially when Fowler was out missed some games with the flu. And Jose Martinez has been playing really well as well. Harrison Bader spent some time on the disabled list. Fowler played some time in center. So the Cardinals really sort of have four outfielders right now. And it'll be interesting to see how they mix and match as they go forward. You know, uh, today, 120, it's one of 162, but it does feel important. Yeah, it it does you. feel big for this one. And I love after Friday afternoon baseball, just something about that in Wrigley Field. Jack Flaherty takes the mound, a guy that probably had his best start of the season his last time out against Cincinnati your thoughts on Flaherty and what he is now, plus what he can be going for. What What's the biggest upside for Flaherty? I think, you know, when Flaherty first came up, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, is he a back end of the rotation kind of guy? Mm-hmm. You know, does he really have a, a, a strikeout pitch to go to the fastball? And he's shown that he does. I think for Flaherty, it's 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 consistency. But he's you know, definitely one of the top young, young pitchers yep. in the league. But Kyle Hendricks, who, you know, who the Cubs are bringing out today, has been very successful against the Cardinals. I looked at his history. 5-2, 3.38 ERA. So, 
Again, you know, both these guys, uh, I think their teams are expecting him to go deep into the game today. Yeah, you know how I feel about Flaherty. I think he's an ace in waiting. We'll see. Certainly, I think he's no worse than a two as his career goes forward. The three-game set, Flaherty Hendricks, as you guys mentioned, Waka Darvish tomorrow, and then Sunday night baseball, Adam Wainwright, who so far has turned back the clock, I, I think it's safe to say, Brian, against Quintana, who's been terrific uh, in, the, in the month of April. So three good, pretty darn good pitching matchups at Wrigley this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Wainwright's been uh, the most consistent starter on the Cardinals staff this year, and you know none of us would have guessed that that was the case if we had this conversation as recently as spring training. And you know, so far, so good. And they've needed it because the pitching, the starting pitching, has been rough. The bullpen has really come through for the Cardinals. And you know, you look at this series, and the Cubs come in two and a half games back. Everybody can do the math. Yep. If they can find a way to sweep the Cardinals, they could exit this this uh, weekend in first place. So let's uh, spend a couple more minutes on Wainwright, who. I think is he signed a one-year deal, right? This was going to be it for him. He's 37 years old. I get one month does not make an entire season, but you mentioned his consistency so far in 2019. Is there a chance, Brian, that maybe this isn't his last go-around with the Redbirds? Absolutely. Wainwright, Wainwright is the most relentlessly positive guy I've ever heard. And so... He, you know, if he continues this, he'll want to pitch another year, most certainly. And he doesn't want to do it anywhere else but St. Louis. But in, the, in his contract this year is nothing like the 19 million, you know, he made over the last five years. That you know, they gave him a heavily incentive-laden contract, and which means, you know, if he continues to pitch well, he'll still make good money. But yeah, I, I mean, if and I don't really think necessarily that he's going to be able to pitch this well all year. But if we're having this conversation in September, why wouldn't he come back? Alex Reyes is a guy that. We've been waiting for he injuries. He broke his hand, right? Did yeah. Punched well, a wall. Tell tell us about that. Over the weekend, frustrated as he's pitching down in Memphis. And and now, what's next for Alex Reyes? Yeah, I was watching that game uh, on the internet. And he, Reyes was in the, you know, got into the third inning, was pitching very well. Uh, but then he, he had trouble with control, walked, uh, walked three guys. The bases were loaded. They pulled him. And I guess it was probably pitch count. But apparently after that, he was frustrated. And as you said, hit a wall with his non-pitching hand, broke his pinky. Uh, so he's going to be down in extended spring training. He'll still be able to throw, but they don't want him to have to field, you know, with that broken finger on his glove hand. So, you know, he's going to be out of commission for at least a month, probably. And, you know, he's going to then need to go back to AAA and try to show his consistency. But they want him to start. They probably need him to start. And I think, you know, Alex Reyes will end up in St. Louis rotation before too many more months. So no bullpen for him in his future. He's a rotation guy. You're confident of that with all this stuff well, that he's had? That was what that was what the story, that's what he was doing when he was in Memphis. Now, what's mm-hmm. going to change between now and then? I mean, let's say Carlos Martinez comes back and all of a sudden his shoulder's better and, you know, he can start again. Although, again, he's another guy that looks like he's going to be in relief. So Reyes is, I guess what I'm trying to say, Ken, is Reyes' role is going to change based on the need. Mm-hmm. But when he was hurt, the need was starts, and that's what he was doing. Always like to bring up Michael Waka. He's an Iowan. He was born here, even if he only We're lived here until he was two. Yep, he's ours. So Michael Waka comes back off the injured list and has got one start underneath his belt. Is it just health with him? I mean, just getting him healthy and, and hoping he can make another 20 starts the rest of the year? That's completely it with Michael Waka. You know, if you look at his numbers, he's always been exceptional when healthy. But, you know, he misses so much time when he's hurt. The Cardinals haven't made any overtures, you know, about signing him. He's in his last year before he reaches free agency at six years of, of service. And as good as Waka has been, he's missed so much time. I think the Cardinals are reluctant to give him a lot of money. But, you know, he can t- if he can stay healthy the rest of this year, 
Now, he's going to do very well in the free agent market, I would think, this winter. Hmm, Brian, we'll get you out of here on this. I know it's, what, May the 3rd, but boy, it sure seems like Cardinals-Cubs is going to be a thing all season long. I mean, Milwaukee's going to, they're, they're going to figure it out, I think. I'm not sure I can say the same about the Pirates and the Reds, but it'd be great for business here in Des Moines if Cubs-Cards is a thing all season long. I think we're headed in that direction. I do, too. You know, there's six series to go, 19 head-to-head games. And, you know, folks talk about the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers and Giants. Yeah, those are rivalries. But in the Midwest, there's no doubt the Cubs and Cardinals are the rivalry. And they will continue to be. No doubt about it. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com. Brian, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you in the uh, weeks to come. Thanks, Brian. Bye now. Good night. Uh, Brian Walton. The CardinalNation.com. Cubs cards. Three good pitching matchups, Trent Condon. Yeah. And Sunday night baseball, and it's a 6 o'clock first pitch. Sunday night baseball for the Cubs the next three Sunday nights. Really? Yes. That's surprising. Saw that note, I think, at The Athletic. I was reading an article yesterday. So it is obviously the Cardinals this weekend. Yeah. Then the following Sunday, home for Milwaukee. Sunday night baseball again. And then the following Sunday, May 19th, at the Nationals. All three, Sunday night baseball. Mm, that's rare, I would think, right? Going to get into your dragon watching. Oh, there's only three left. Really? There's only three of them left, and they, they start at eight. Well, the Cubs cards uh, this weekend, I, I'm into this. I really am. Good thing for the DVR, huh? I mean, yes, it is. DVR, I feel so much more confident than the old days of the VCR. Oh, no kidding, right? When you forget to set it, oh, or you got to yeah. push the button. AM, PM is wrong on the clock on oh, your VCR. That's thing, too. I sure. don't know how many times that happened. The easiest one is you just hit record. Yeah. Did there, you ever have a... You probably didn't. I had the first Betamax in Winnipeg. No. The first in Winnipeg? First in Winnipeg. Were you Couldn't in the newspaper th- for it? Was I what? In the newspaper no, for that? No, I don't that? think I was. Um, there was only one place in town to buy tapes. I might have been the second to have one. Okay. I cashed a ticket. For $11,990. Wow. Honest to God. Pick six. 1980, maybe? 79, 80? That's a lot of money. That was a ton of money. It still is a ton of money. Yeah. And I had money in my socks. I took cash, right? I wanted it. Give me that. Give me the money. So you're going to go and get a Betamax. Player. I went and I got a Betamax. I couldn't buy a tape to record anything. And when I finally found the place that sold the tape, it was I could buy a tape. One. One. They only had one in stock. They only had one in stock, and I bought the tape. Uh, We're going to buy it if we don't get out of here soon. We're going to run out of hour. The 11 o'clock hour is next. Big 12 football conversation. Iowa conversation. Derby talk. Barbecue from Claxons. It's a good hour. It is a good hour. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.